Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Genesis chapter 45. Genesis chapter 45. And I uh, began to pray and think about what I would um, be preaching on. It's always important. It seems to come kind of easy in my church, my home church, Hope Baptist Church. And, but uh, today we're here visiting with you. And so it's always, well, what do I preach on? Now, I, from time to time, I will tune my brother in and listen to, listening to him preach. He's been laying it down pretty hard on you folks down here. I'm a man, yeah. But uh, yeah, and, uh, and so I'll try not to be too long with you this morning. Hopefully have uh, some faith. I, I'm reminded of, uh, uh, I heard this just the other day about a man who fell off of a cliff. And as he was falling, he grabbed the hold of a root that was, had grown out of the side of the, side of the stone there, the cliff. And uh, as he fell, he's, he's sitting there uh, dangling from this root. And he uh, cried out. He said, oh, God, he said, tell me what to do. And uh, he said, a, boo, a voice come booming down from heaven. And he says, if you have faith, let go. And so he looked down below him about 250 feet or so. There's a rock bottom down there. And he, he looked back up and he said, is there anybody else up there? And uh, sometimes that's kind of like us and not really wanting to take hold of faith or live our life in a faith moment. And uh, oftentimes it's uh, the Bible. It's very clear about uh, our living our life by uh, faith, not by sight. And so sometimes we get carried away with our sight. But in Genesis chapter 45, Genesis chapter 45, there's a phrase here and uh, down towards the end. But we'll start reading in verse number 16. If you have your place and have turned Genesis chapter 45 and verse 16, the Bible says this. And the fame thereof was heard in Pharaoh's house, saying, Joseph's brethren are come and it pleased Pharaoh well in his servants. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, he said, saying unto thy brethren, this do ye uh, laid your beast and go and uh, get ye unto the land of Canaan and take your father and your households and come unto me and I will give you the God of the land or the good of the land I'm sorry the good of the land of Egypt and ye shall eat the fat of the land now thou art commanded this do ye take ye wagons out of the land of Egypt for your little ones and for your wives and bring your father and come also regard not your stuff for the good of all the land of Egypt is yours and the children of Israel did so, and Joseph gave them wagons according to uh, the commandment of Pharaoh, and gave them provision uh, for the way. And to all of them he gave each man changes of raiment, but to Benjamin he gave three hundred pieces of silver and five changes of raiment. And to his father he sent after this manner ten asses laden with the good things of Egypt and ten she-asses laden with corn and bread and meat for his father by the way. Now verse, verse 24 it says, So he sent his brethren away and they departed and he said unto them, See that ye fall not out by the way. Uh, that's what we're going to preach on just for a few moments. Uh, see that ye fall not out by the way. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we bow before you this morning and we do thank you for uh, the day, a special day, a homecoming day. Father, I uh, thank you for the opportunity to get to sing and to play with uh, these men. And Father, uh, we, uh, we ask that you would meet with us doing the preaching, that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit and be again with us as we uh, hear the word go out. I pray that find a 
lodging place and that we would, uh, Father, understand and realize that you don't want us, by the way, as Christians. And Father, if there be one in here lost this morning that has never accepted you as Lord and Savior, I pray this morning they would call on you. And Father, that they would no longer be by the wayside. But be with us this morning. Bless this day that you have given. And Father, we ask all this in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Now, by way of introduction, let me say a few words dealing with the world that we live in and the culture that we're in. Our world is struggling morally. It is struggling. It's not only struggling, struggling, struggling morally, ethically, politically, uh, but economically and also spiritually. Our nation is struggling in all these areas. And it's because we have become enamored with men and have disregarded God. Uh, you say, we're really just, just leaving God out of, uh, out of people's lives. That would make a change. That makes a huge change, not only in the individual, not only in the family or the church, but also in a nation. It makes a big difference. The truth is falling in the street today because churches have been see, or serving junk food uh, instead of uh, rather milk and meat from the Word of God. And it makes a difference on what you feed on, definitely. If, uh, if preaching... If preaching is going to make an eternal impact on this world and people's lives, God's men are going to have to reject entertaining the populace and get back to expository Bible preaching. And so we get wrapped up in what we can do to make people move or make people have a reaction. And so people, men in the pulpit, preachers and leaders, they begin to work with your mind. And then from your mind, they'll work with your heart, and it has nothing to do with the words of God. Just simply preaching. And this morning, we have a message. We're going to look at this little phrase that the Bible has put in here. And Joseph, if you get into this a little deep, there's a lot here in, in this chapter. We just read verses 16 through verses 24, but there's a lot here. And I just want to look at that phrase and apply that phrase to us this morning. Verse 24, we'll read it again. So he sent his brethren away, and they departed. And he said unto them, See that ye fall not by the wayside. This morning I'll, I'll say this, and we could ask this question. Are you by the wayside? Every individual in here. Now, I'm not speaking of, of the man looking at his wife and saying, Hmm, I wonder how this is going to apply to my wife. Or, or the wife looking at the man and that woman. This is going to be a great message for, for my husband. It's for every individual here this morning. It's for you to take in and ask yourself, Are you by the wayside? There's a couple basic points here that we'll look at. But the next question, and I believe this will kick off uh, what we're going to look at this morning. What causes us, or you and I, to be by the wayside? What causes the child of God or the Christian to be by the wayside? Well, the Bible is not silent on this, and I am going to have you turn, if you have your Bibles, to 1 Peter chapter 5. Now, we're familiar with this passage uh, and what it has to say, but I want to draw our first point. I want to say this, uh, looking at 1 Peter chapter 5, and I'm going to read verse 8, but I'm going to say, number one, Satan, Satan will pull you by the wayside. Let's see what the Bible has to say. And it says this, 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. He says this, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking 
whom he saith with me may devour. Uh, this this line, this like line, Satan is is he is wanting to devour you. He wants to pull you by the wayside. Said there's not. I don't think that could happen to me. That can happen to you. That can happen to you. It doesn't matter how strong or how weak you are as a Christian. You can be pulled by the wayside by Satan. Satan. It says here that he's a devourer. Uh, that's somebody who is willing and has the capability to tear you apart. Now, whether that's a nibble, start at a nibble, uh, or he's just going to lash into you and tear you slowly apart. Not only will he devour you, he will devour your family. You say, well, I'm a pretty strong individual. Uh, and some of us probably are. But that's not where he starts. He goes to the weakest. And if it's your family, if it's your relationship with your family or their relationship with God, uh, Satan is going to start there. He'll start to devour your family. He not only wants to devour your family, he wants to devour your church. You see, anything that God constitutes or sets up, Satan is against. And if, if Satan can't destroy it or devour it, he'll mimic it and cause you to slip away. We're going to look at a passage in Isaiah about people who just became complacent. The nation of Israel, and God sent a, a prophet to him, uh, to him, and he began to preach and to, to present their heart to them, to get them to turn back to God. But here, as we know, Satan, Satan will either devour you, or he'll manipulate something that looks like God to draw you away from where you should be. And so not only you, your family, or your church, but he will devour your joy. One of the things that I instantly will look at when I meet somebody at first is, where's their joy level at? Uh, what type of demeanor or do they put or bring out to themselves? Is it a joyful for a child of God? Is it a Christian? Are you happy that you're here this morning? You say, well, I'm just here because I was told to be here. That means your heart really isn't here. And automatically means that your joy isn't really here. It's somewhere else. It might be in a number of things. I like guitars. It could be in guitars. It could be in making the next guitar or working on the next instrument for me or the next piece of equipment or whatever have you that, that is in my heart. And so each one of us, Satan knows kind of the soft point. He knows the button to push. And so Satan, he will pull you by the wayside. Uh, now we're here in 1 Peter, and we've looked at Satan, but there's another place in the Bible. Notice what, what the Scripture says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Turn with me if you would, and we'll look at this second, this second cause. This second cause that... Uh, causes us to be by the wayside. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, chapter 10, and notice with me, I'm going to read in verse 1 and we'll move through. Now I'm watching that clock back there. This one in here is, is big enough for me to see. Uh, the one in our church is it's a little bit further back and it's about that big. <laughs> and uh, it's hard to see. And so uh, anyways, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, I think there's plenty enough time for that chicken. We won't let it get too cold. All right. So let's look at the second point here in dealing with what causes the Christian or the child of God to be by the wayside. Well, here it is. Number one, moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant 
how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. So we're going to get a lesson uh, and watch what he says here in verse 2. And we're all baptized uh, unto Moses in the cloud in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat. Now notice what he says here. And he did all drink and did all drink the same spiritual drink, but they drank of that spiritual rock. Now, careful with this Bible student, pay attention to what is said here in verse 4. That spiritual rock that followed them and that rock, say it with me, was Christ. Wow, that, there's a lot there. All right, verse 5, let's get to our point. But with many of them God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our examples, our examples, I'm sorry, to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Neither be ye idolaters as were some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day three thousand and twenty thousand three and twenty thousand in verse nine. Now it says neither tempt neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. You say, what are you saying here? What is going on here is sin. He is describing sin, uh, the sin of the nation of Israel, the sin of an individual, and the sin, if you please, here in 1 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul has written this to a church. And he's saying, this is for your example that you shouldn't live or be this way. Here, you say, what sin will pull you by the wayside? Say, not me, I'm pretty strong. I've got my sins where they should be confessed, and that's fine. Well, there could be some of us that have habitual sins, a sin that you keep doing that you know is wrong. The Bible goes as far as to say, uh, to him to knoweth to do good and doeth it not. To him it is sin. And so for the child of God, a habitual sin will keep you, keep you by the wayside. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 10 speaks of this. Uh, an unconfessed unconfessed sin will keep you by the wayside the bible says if uh, if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness now we walk our our we live our christian life and we go about our business and a lot of times we'll go day two days three days and we won't even talk to god uh we'll pray when we need him uh when we're when we're struggling to have, but we're not going to confess our sins on a day-to-day basis this is what we should do this is how easily uh how easily it is to be by the wayside this morning are you by the wayside well I, i might not be by my wife no i'm talking to you And the same verses for the wife. I'm talking to each individual here. Uh, I had a man come up to me. This has been a couple years ago, and I preached a message. And he says, "You know, it felt it felt like you were you were talking right to me when you pointed your finger. You were pointing right at me." I said, "That's right. I was." So everybody sitting in here, it's to you that I'm preaching to. I don't know everybody. Everybody in here, I see good, familiar faces and some new faces, and it's great. But when the preacher preaches, he's preaching to you. Not for you to give to somebody else necessarily, but to you to take into the process. Here, falling by the wayside. Say, well, I'm sitting in church, so I'm not. You can be sitting in church your whole life and be by the wayside. You say, why? Well, if you've got unconfessed sin, if you have besetting sins, according to the Bible in Hebrews chapter 12, he speaks of this. He says, lay aside every weight in sin, which doth so easily beset us. So you'll have a sin in your life that you're not willing to get rid of. It's because you're getting something out of it. 
You're getting a, 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 that the Bible speaks of sin has a season. And yeah, it'll give you something, but it's also going to cost you something. And generally, as the saying goes, it takes you farther than you want to go. It keeps you longer than you want to stay, and it costs you more than you're willing to pay. That's sin for you. That's Satan for you. So if he can't get you right up front devouring you, he's going to pull you down and by the wayside with sin. Sin will keep you by the wayside. Well, there's something else. Being satisfied will pull you by the wayside. Take your Bible. i got a few minutes here. And turn with me to Isaiah chapter 42. Isaiah chapter 42. And we'll look at uh, the nation of Israel as we move forward into history and see what the Bible has to say here. Uh, so you have Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Isaiah, and then you have Jeremiah. That's where Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 42. Now look with me here in verse 18. Let's back up to verse 17. It says, They shall be turned back, they shall be greatly ashamed, that trust in graven images, that say to the molten images, Ye are our gods. Now watch verse 18 as it changes. Hear ye deaf, and look ye blind, that ye may see. Who is blind but my servant? or deaf as my messenger that I sent. Now these are in question. You'll notice the question mark. If you're following along, you'll see these are in question. And so he's trying to teach them something here. And he's trying to get them to engage mentally, to engage in thinking or asking the question, who is blind as he that is perfect and blind as the Lord's servant? Seeing many things, but thou observest, say with me, thou observest not opening the ears but he heareth not the lord is well pleased for his righteousness sake he will magnify the law and make it honorable but this is a people robbed and spoiled they are all of them snared in holes and they are hid in prison houses they are for a prey and none delivereth for a spoil, and none saith restore. You say, what is going on here? These people are satisfied where they're at. The, the, the prophet of God has come in, and he is proclaiming uh, the message of God. He's saying, look, you are satisfied. You think where you're at, what you're doing is good enough. I'm saying this morning to you, you're by the wayside if you're in a satisfied position with God. And so we see here, wayside Christians are satisfied with their bondage and bond to the world. Let me say it this way. If you have something more interesting to do on a Sunday or Sunday night or Wednesday night, you are by the wayside. If you have a lifestyle, I'm not talking about being sick, not talking about sometimes you have those work schedules. And they, some, some of them are pretty crazy. Second, second shift, third shift, uh, work all the weekend, and then they off three or four days, and then they work you again. Raise your hand if you understand what I'm saying. Come on now. All right, it's crazy. And so you're going to have things that come into your life and lifestyle. That happens. But I'm talking waking up on a Sunday morning or getting up after your nap Sunday evening and say, well, I know where I should be, but man, the game is on or this is going on or I've got to go over here to this birthday party. Look, lay that worldly stuff aside. What do we say? I think it's probably taught here. I don't know if it is. God first, family second, ministry third. And so God is first or should be in your life. You say, what are you saying this morning, preacher? I'm saying, here's what I'm saying. If God isn't first in your life, you're by the wayside. And you need to align yourself to the Word of God. And the Bible is very clear. I'm going to give you a remedy real quick here. I'm watching that. That clock's moving very slow. I keep preaching faster, but it keeps moving slower. It hasn't moved at all. 
I, I probably shouldn't have said that, but I took the batteries out of it before I started <clears throat> this morning. No, no, I'm, I'm kidding. It's working. All right, so being by the wayside, pulled, pulled away, being satisfied. I said way, wayside Christians are satisfied with their works. I'm satisfied with my status quo with the church or with the things of God. I just come, just show up, put a little money in the plate. I'm good to go. I'm not going to ask to show of hands for that. <laughs> we'll get in trouble. But if your mindset, if your heart is that, you're by the wayside. So well, I think I'm the only one that can see that. God give me this message for a reason. Uh, and so here, if you're by the wayside, you need to align yourself back up. Get back up. Stand back up because Satan's going to drag you back down. And so, look, by the wayside, let me say this, wayside Christians are satisfied with their lifestyle. I've come and I've gone and I've seen and this is how I live, so don't change me. And the Word of God has no penetrating power in your heart. It's cold, it's calloused, and it's hard. And it's kind of in a rut. It's kind of like one of those CDs that keeps skipping and skipping and nobody's, you know, get up, change it, or look at the CD, throw it away, or clean it and put it back in. Our life is like a skipping CD. And it shows, it shows a wayside Christian is not a hidden Christian. A wayside Christian is not somebody who is on fire for God. A wayside Christian is very satisfied where they're at. And this morning, if you're in a position in your, in your life, your Christian life, if you are satisfied, you're a wayside Christian, including myself, including myself and the preacher here. So let's give some remedy. I've been, I've been rambling on about all that we shouldn't do, we shouldn't do that. Take your Bibles, if you would, and turn with, Psalm, with me to Psalms 23. Psalms chapter 23. So I, I know that psalm. I can almost quote it to memory. I almost can too. And it's a beautiful psalm. Psalms 23. Let's look at the remedy. I, I, preaching's good, but man, you need, you need something to, to hang on to. Like, okay, so I'm a bad person. <laughs> We've got that one figured out. What do I do about it? Well, let's look. The Word of God, amen, will give us a remedy. and It will expose us on Satan's advantages and his power and his perceptiveness on how to pull you by the wayside. Sin, if left unchecked in your life, will definitely pull you by the wayside. And then being satisfied, complacent, you might say, will keep you by the wayside. But let's look at the remedy. Let's, uh, let's look at how to stay off the wayside. Look at Psalms 23 and verse 1, and notice what the Bible says. The first thing we're going to notice, uh, verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now notice with me verse 2. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. The first thing I notice here in verse 2 is stay in God's place. Well, I want to stay in my own place. I like what I do. I like where I'm at. And Satan's already eating on you. It's all over you. You say, if you want remedy, if you want, if you want to say, well, I need help, man. Okay, so I'm, 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 I've got sin. I know I need to confess that. Living the way I'm living. Uh, I, know, I know Satan's after me. What do I do? Stay in God's place. You say, where's God's place? He says there in verse 2, look with it a little bit closer here. Draw your attention to it. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. That green pastures is going to deal with His Word. That's the preaching and teaching. You realize as a spiritual beings, you need to be spiritually fed. You need to be spiritually fed. Not just old people, middle-aged people. Young people, especially young people, not only be fed, but they need to be taught too. Two things there. 
And so we see spiritually fed through the preaching and teaching, and we want to stay in God's place. Let's read on, verse 3. Notice something here. He said, He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Stay on God's path. You say, is this, this is a remedy. It's like a formula. Stay in God's place. Stay on God's path. You say, how do I do that? That's righteousness. That's obedience. That's submission to the Word of God, to the preaching and teaching. And, and God will work on your heart. God will work in your life. Be, be attentive to what He is trying to get you to do to adjust. And He'll bring you along. But you have to be. You want to stay on God's path. You don't want to be a wayward Christian, do you? Nobody likes to be staying in a physical hospital. We do a lot of visiting and people who are, who are in a hospital and you think, man, you know, it's a sobering place to be. And some people have open heart surgery. Some people are battling cancer and all different types of things. And it, it's not a pleasant, joyful place to, to be. And I thank God for the people who work in that, that field, that professional field. I'm so thankful that they're there. But nobody really wants to stay in the hospital. I dealt with a lady uh, last Thursday evening, and she had been in the nursing home, and she had been there for a couple of years. And she began to really contemplate whether she was even saved or not. And she struggled. And she was, I, could, I said, I said Miss Nancy, I said, it's where you're at. You're not able to move around. You're not able to get up. You have to have somebody shower you or bathe you and take care of you. That, gets all, that begins to work on your mind and heart. I'm saying a wayward Christian is the same way spiritually. It's the same thing. We walk about in the flesh, but our, spiritual, our spiritualness is by the wayside. God's saying, look, stay in God's place. Stay in God's path. But look at verse 4. He says this here in Psalms 23, verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff... They comfort me. I say, lastly, stay in God's presence. There's going to be trials. There's going to be struggles that you're going to go through in your life. They're not going to, go, they're not going to be over in a minute. You're going to have to walk through them. It's going to be one of those where you may not, might not be able to see the light at the end of the tunnel. But you're going to need God's presence to get you through there. And so being by the wayside, your relationship with God is cold, or lukewarm at best. And I'm saying this morning, don't be a wayside Christian. Uh, you need to be in the presence or have God. Uh, you need to be in God's presence. You need to be in God's presence. I almost said that backwards. You need, to be with, you need to be in God's presence. That's the will of God. That's in the work of ministry. That gets you where God, where God is at. You say, well, what is the whole big picture here? Not being by the wayside. Listen, you're a tool, a tool of God if you're saved. God wants to use you. This is what we teach and preach uh, at home. And if you're busy living your life your way, you're not being used as, of, of God. You're a tool that's not being used for its intended purpose. And so we're, we find ourselves in a wayward place. Everything might be kind of halfway okay, but we're by the wayside. This morning, I'll ask again, are you by the wayside? We've looked at what causes it. And I've given you the remedy. Stay in God's place. Stay on God's path. And stay in God's presence. This morning, are you on the right path? Are you in the right place? You say, well, I'm here at church. I, I, I see you. Well, where's your heart at? Where's your mind at? 
I can sit right here and look at somebody in my mind and be on Monday or Tuesday or the troubles or struggles I have that I'm facing. Yeah, we, we, a lot of times, that's what Isaiah was about. They're not really listening to what is being said. They're not really contemplating what is being spoken. And so the heart, I'm, I'm going to speak to your heart this morning. Being by the wayside is not a healthy place to be. All right, so to this morning, wherever you're at, you say, a Christian of a child of God, I need to get back in the, right, in the right presence of God, the right path, in the place of God. But being somebody that has never accepted Christ, you're by the wayside by default. And a homecoming day in church in America, well, I don't know about much about the preacher, but anyway, you're listening to it, and we're giving out the message. The message primarily is for Christians, but if you're lost in here this morning... The call goes out to, to what God said, that he's not willing that any should perish. He calls to every man, to every woman, to every boy, to every child. And it is this, believe on the Son of God. Believe on the Son of God. You're by the wayside, you've never accepted Christ this morning. You can accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. I can't make you, nobody can make you, your mom, your brother, your dad, your sister, you have to do it on your own. But call out to God. God's listening. God, God wants you and everybody to be saved. And so this morning, you say, well, I don't know where I'm at. Begin to ask the Holy Spirit, where am I 